Replace Tonal Race is an ongoing effort to preserve funding for local entities receiving vital funding from property taxes such as cities, towns, counties, schools, townships, and libraries. The General Assembly is considering several bills that would significantly reduce vital property tax funding for local units of government, jeopardizing infrastructure, public safety, education, parks, and other improvements that create and maintain quality places where people want to live and work. This special podcast series will explore what's happening in the Indiana General Assembly relative to the business personal property tax and why any reduction in this tax must come with a state-implemented, permanent, and sustainable revenue source. For more information, visit aimindiana.org bppt. Welcome to Ames Hometown Innovations Podcast. I'm Matt Greller with AIM. Happy to be here. Today, we're continuing our series on the business personal property tax and the issues being discussed at the Indiana General Assembly through our Replace Donor Race campaign and coalition. Uh, very pleased to have a, a join the program today, representatives from the Professional Firefighters Union of Indiana, uh, as well as the uh, Fraternal Order of Police uh, here in Indiana as well. So, Tom, why don't we start with you, maybe introduce yourself and then Mike, and then we'll go to our friends from the FOP. I'm Tom Hannafee, uh, president of the Professional Firefighters Union of Indiana and a 40-year veteran recently retired from uh, the Indianapolis Fire Department. Mike White, vice president of the Professional Firefighters Union of Indiana and retired Muncie firefighter. My name is Bill Owensby. I'm the president of the Indiana Fraternal Order of Police. Since Tom started the uh, whole retirement thing, I retired in 2017 after 35 years. I'm Leo Blackwell. I'm uh, general counsel to the state FOP and uh, also a retired uh, Indianapolis police officer, uh, 31 years retired now. I'm Edward Merchant, an attorney with the Fraternal Order of Police. Thanks again uh, to all of you for joining us. Uh, it's been widely reported in the media. It's been discussed a lot in the Indiana General Assembly. The legislature is considering proposals to at least partially eliminate um, the business personal property tax, which for those listening is a, a portion of the overall property tax pie that local governments use to fund general operating funds. Uh, and of course, you know, at least in cities and towns case, the largest portion of our general fund includes police and fire. Uh, and we're happy to have uh, folks here from the FOP and the Professional Firefighters Union, our partners in our Replace Don't Erase campaign. Tom, you want to kick it off and just talk a little bit about what it means to have a reduction in property tax and how that can ultimately impact the delivery of public safety services? Thank you, Matt. Um, yes, um, I've already lived through something similar with the tax caps. Um, in 2008, when we, we put the tax caps in place, Around, uh, I was then still on the fire department and uh, president of Professional Firefighters Union of Indiana. We had a terrible impact on our members, their safety, and their well-being. Um, I don't want to get too dramatic, but there was layoffs across the state. One in one situation that Mike here can address personally, where um, those reductions in workforce and stations cost the lives of a firefighter, uh, and that's. And I fear without uh, addressing these tax issues in, uh, in carefully, 
Uh, we could have another impact uh, such as that we, we experienced back in 2011 due to those reductions. That's yeah, a good comparison, Tom. Appreciate it. Mike, do you want to add anything from those experiences? Yes, uh, I was local president Muncie at the time when uh, the property tax caps hit and we saw a third of our department uh, firefighters were laid off. Two stations were closed in Muncie. We're just now starting to rebound from the, the property tax caps. Muncie itself is you know starting to recover. And I would hate to see something like this set us back another 10, 12 years. And Muncie's not alone in this. It's, uh, you know, this will affect virtually every uh, department around the, around the state. This would impact, you know, I'm here representing the professional firefighters. This is gonna have an impact on volunteer firefighters already that, that are already uh, resource starved. Uh, township government will be impacted by this. And some of those smaller departments that um, have a hard time staffing the emergency scene. And remember, this isn't just the firefighters or fire service or responses. Um, we do 80% of the EMS across the, uh, across the state. Before you implement these reductions, we should know the whole impact in each community that this, which is virtually every community across Indiana. Same story is true for our friends with uh, local public safety in the police realm of things, you guys want to chime in on, on some of the impacts that you could foresee coming? Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't think it's any secret that the law enforcement profession has taken quite a hit in the last several years, um, arguably, very arguably, unfairly. Uh, but what it's done is it's greatly impacted our ability to recruit and retain officers and the, the reduction in funding is clearly going to hamper that even further. At the risk of sound, sounding melodramatic, the defund the police cry that some uh, areas heard that they're now trying to backtrack um, because it, it's ridiculous and it doesn't work. Uh, this, is, this, is almost, this is almost a, a defunding of the police. Obviously, there's uh, public, all of public safety is affected by this, but it does ring true that this is a defunding uh, regardless of what they call it, if it's not replaced, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have a severe, severe impact on public safety. You know, I see our folks talk an awful lot about economic development. They're constantly talking to businesses and leaders in the corporate world, and, and rarely do they hear from them about the impact of the business personal property tax. It's just, it's not an issue, you know, and I think we have to make sure that legislators understand that reducing this fee or tax comes with with steep consequences and it's aimed a lot you know very much direct directed at, at you all in the public safety world because you make up such a large percentage of of local budgets so i guess you know when we're talking to legislators what's your message back to them you know that perhaps confronts that topic of hey we want to do this for business but on the backside, you could really be harming or, or reducing the amount of service that we're able to provide at the local level my understanding is Indiana has one of the, probably the top 10 for business atmosphere. Um, and that is a great asset. I, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that as a Hoosier. However, these corporations come for other reasons too. You have to have um, adequate schools. You have to have parks, recreation areas, things like uh, the Monon Trail. 
Um, you want to have, and, and this could inhibit, this would inhibit the funding of those types of things. Um, but people want to feel safe. They want to know that their business is protected and that, that when they get out of their car um, or, or go to work on their way to work, that um, they feel safe um, in, case of, in, in case of a crime. I mean, they, they want to know there's going to be somebody to respond to, to their needs and emergencies. This is going to cut back on that. Uh, and, and clearly, we want to create a positive business atmosphere and enhance that. But we have to do things judiciously. And that's why, as, as um, Bill pointed out, we have to replace it with something. Even the tax caps, when we did the tax caps, public safety had a backup with the uh, public safety local option tax. And the problem with that was it took a long time to implement uh, those taxes across the, the state because politicians uh, fear adding taxes. So unless you have a substantial plan to back up those funds, we shouldn't move along. We shouldn't move on with this. Yeah, you've okay. got to realize that um, it's it's possible that some of this stuff could be absorbed in, a, in an Indianapolis or a Fort Wayne or a, an Evansville even. But when you get into the smaller communities, even the, the inability to hire one or two firefighters because of the loss of revenue or one or two police officers or one or two medics, that makes a tremendous impact on uh, not only the literal safety, uh, but the feeling of safety as well for the community. That's a great point, Bill. I was uh, at the grocery store over the weekend and I came out and it looked like there was, you know, a, a couple there that there was an officer there that appeared anyway to be questioning whether they paid for some items, whether they were shoplifting or not. And that got me to thinking, I live in a small town. We have a small department. Um, you know, if cuts are made to the department, do lower level issues like a small shoplifting case get put to the side because you're having to address the bigger ticket items? Or, you know, how does that prioritization work when there are less resources? Yeah, there's no question about it. I mean, that, you know, this, this trickles down to the smallest denominator and the smallest denominator is that firefighter on a truck or it is that police officer that isn't there. And so they're, they're not going to be able to, to respond to uh, public safety calls. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, and, and as I said, it, it's going to trickle down to those, those small communities that just cannot afford to take this kind of financial hit. Well, and the reason I bring that up is because, yeah, they had a couple two liters and a couple bags of chips. No big deal, right? You know, slap them on the hand and move along. But, you know, my little town's working hard to attract as many people as they can to live here. And if we begin to get a reputation because we can't staff appropriately that shoplifting is okay at the local Kroger, that has a real impact on the quality of life in our community for the residents, people wanting to live here, et cetera, just sort of snowballs over time, I would imagine. Yeah, no, no question about it. You know, on top of everything else we talk about in the, the public safety in, environment, we hear a lot these days. I know our, our municipal officials are very concerned with the mental health of public safety officers and, and some of the growing concerns there, not only within the department, but then also dealing with mental health issues. You know, I heard a stat that you know, a huge percentage of EMS runs, for instance, have some capacity of mental health related problem to it. So what, uh, you know, as we go down that road and departments get more and more sophisticated in trying to address community mental health needs, 
I assume those kinds of services are going to struggle too if there's a, a reduction in funding. Is that fair? Well, the problem we have in the fire service, at least, is when there's a reduction in funding, the community or the people in charge, um, what they do is they go after the things that the public doesn't see. They, they, they're going to do everything they can to keep that station open. And that might mean uh, one or two firefighters instead of a, a full complement of firefighters. In most places in, in Indiana, it's three or four is their optimum goal. But they'll cut back on those number of firefighters. I always talk about, um, Bill mentioned, the, uh, made a good point earlier about, about that losing that one or two or three uh, police officers in that department or firefighters and the impact it has. You don't necessarily see it unless you need it. For example, in, in, um, well, in, in major cities, we keep bringing resources. We have resources to bring. So if we're running with three people on a truck, we just bring another truck and backfill that on that incident. It takes a few minutes extra, but we get there and our safety is maintained. You go into a smaller community where there aren't any more resources and we have understaffed uh, situations where people are putting themselves in harm's, harm's way and frankly, violating the federal law of two in, two out. And all of a sudden you're bringing four trucks with one person on uh, per, um, it, it gets into a dangerous situation. In addition to that, the mental health issue of that, when people show up on the scene and they don't have the resources to complete the task, the given task, um, I can't imagine what it's like about it for a police officer, but for our people, it's very uh, difficult. And so, you know, we just had a meeting earlier uh, this a, a month or two ago, um, talking about increase in post-traumatic stress issues in the pension system. So this is going to have long-term cost unless it's addressed properly. Uh, and with that, those pensions and bleed that pension. And that's just going to raise the cost to cities and towns again in another way when you don't have the resources to address the community's emergencies. Yeah, that's a great correlation, Tom. I never thought about that that type of effect long, on down the road, long-term effect. Bill, anything to add on, on that? No, I, I couldn't have said any better. Uh, uh, Tom brought up that point of the uh, PTSD. We have seen an increase in PTSD require, uh, retirements, um, uh, no doubt because of the increased um, run load that they're, they're taking. And uh, that's just going to get worse um, if you're unable to hire and retain police officers and firefighters and EMTs it's just going to get worse. Uh, and, and it does, uh, you know, it, it does snowball. Um, and this is a perfect example of what could happen. Before we wrap up here, we're uh, talking business personal property tax proposals, the legislature with our coalition members from the replaced on a race campaign from the FOP and the professional firefighters. Just wrap up the podcast here. Just maybe talk, both of you talk a little bit about what you're hearing from legislators and then uh, put your best, prognostication cap on and, and predict where this thing will land at the end. And what we need are our members, cities and town, municipal officials, please fire folks to do uh, when the legislators are at home and what needs to be said to them. Well, I'll, I'll go first. Um, first of all, legislators I'm talking to are, um, are cautious when they're talking to me about it because they know we're part of this coalition. Um, I think most of them want to look for a reasonable compromise 
that 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 protects public safety. These these uh, our general assembly, those legislators um, live in the communities we're talking about, and I don't think they want to hurt them. On the other hand, they do want to create, and they have a lot of uh, friends in the business community that want to save money. It's it, it's a push pull uh, uh, thing with them. So I think they want they don't want to hurt public safety. I think we have to articulate that issue until we measure it and know what it is. We shouldn't do it or do it, but make sure we have a mechanism that replaces um, this income. Uh, I'm not sure what that is yet. I'm not sure they know yet, but I think most of them are supportive of not hurting local government. I, I do think, uh, like Tom said, they don't want to hurt uh, public safety, but at the same time, they want uh, their businesses to realize um, some reduction in their taxes. So, you know, the logical step is figure out a way. Uh, there's got to be some medium ground. There's got to be some compromise that can be made here to, uh, and, and your your title says it all, replace the only race. There's got to be some middle ground that can be met here in order to make both worlds uh, a better place. With that, we'll, we'll wrap up the podcast. Thank you, uh, both organizations, for joining us. It's great to have you as partners of the Replace Donor Race Coalition. A uh, long way to go, despite how fast they're moving over to the legislature this year. long way to go. I'm hopeful that we'll have a, a positive outcome on this business personal property tax discussion. And thanks again for joining us. Thank you.